Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm just crawling out from under my desk because it's the 10th annual Shake It Off oh, the, Day. The shake out, right. Yeah. <laughs> shake out, shake it off. I don't know. Anyway, this morning I live by the Navy base and I heard uh-huh. this horrendous siren and I'm like, oh my gosh, I run outside. I'm like, what is happening? And I'm looking and I start videoing and I'm like, what is happening? And of course, everyone's like, duh, national tsunami test. And I'm like, I work in radio. I should know these things. <laughs> Was it exactly at 1021 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they always, every year it's 1021 at 1021. Mm-hmm. I am surprised you didn't know that. It Only because, don't you listen to the radio station you're on? <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the great shakeout. It's when you're uh, supposed to practice, you know, what you would do if there were a hurricane or, or in the case of us on the coast, a tsunami. But the funny thing is they do it all across the country. And I remember being like in Savannah, Georgia, and they were like, w- I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember having earthquake drills as a kid, you know, living in Seattle. And uh-huh. um but yeah, it just, it didn't occur to me. And wouldn't you think if I heard sirens, I would, I would hide. No, I run out on my deck out and. <laughs> so you, whether or not you knew it was a drill, you actually did the opposite of what you were supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're a journalist. That's what we do. We, we run toward danger. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because the radio people that commented on my Facebook post, it was kind of like, duh. It is this day. And, you know, I'm like, I know, I know I should know this. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? We get really, we're people too, right? I mean, just because we work in the information industry, we're also humans and we get caught up in our own lives and stuff we're doing and we get our heads buried in the sand. And then I can't tell you how many times, I'm, I bet you've done this too. As a traffic reporter, you talk about an accident for an hour and then you leave work and you go get right in the back of the accident. <laughs> Have you done that? Oh, yes. Yeah. It's right. like, what was I thinking? Oh my gosh! What was I? You, you aren't. You just you, you you're in mode, right? Like when you're in when you're in professional mode, you see it one way, and when you're in human being want to go home mode, <laughs> you see it in another way. Yeah, it's and then you feel like such an idiot. Like, oh yeah, I forgot this road's closed. <laughs> I've been you telling know. everyone all afternoon. <laughs> right. That's funny. So, what did you think it was when you heard the sirens at the base? I mean, that that is you know alarming. I, th- I thought it might be a drill, but a few months ago there was that siren and somebody had left a package near the gate entry of the base. And mm-hmm. so they followed it with shelter in place. They wanted everybody to get in shelter in place until they figured out what it was. And it was just a backpack, but I can hear them talking on the loudspeaker. And I'm like, but but what am I supposed to do? I'm like, you know, I'm down the road away. So I just thought, oh, it's another one of those. Right. What did you do that time when there was a shelter in place order? I mean, I ran out. In place, to, but yeah, I ran out outside. to hear what they were saying. <laughs> I, I will say, I do always look up just in case right. there's yeah. bombs or something. I mean, you know, it's so yeah, it's it's crazy. I always run right outside and um, right try to hear what's happening. Same. You know, when I was a kid, as soon as the tornado sirens went off, the first thing we did was run outside and look for the tornado. 
And even in even I think it, there was a point. I don't know. I guess my parents, because I lived in kind of, you know, in the Midwest is kind of tornado alley. And so I think my over time, and this is a horribly dangerous and irresponsible thing of me to say, but over time, when you live there, you you start to learn like by looking at the sky and looking where you are and hearing the sirens, where they are and where they aren't, right? And so I'd like to think that my parents knew, like, because there were times when we had to go in the in the, in the the designated tornado place in the house, but most of the time we didn't. Most of the time we were out running around looking for the tornado, <laughs> which is terrible because you can't really predict a tornado. Even if you think you know, even if you've lived there for 50 years and you think you know where they are and where they aren't, you don't really know where they are and where they aren't, you know? <laughs> so... But I think it's just ingrained in me as a little kid, you know, oh, you hear something newsworthy, you better go check it out. Yeah. And maybe it's the journalist in all of us, you know, it's like, what is going on? And nowadays you have to film it like you did. Of course. I was so proud of myself that I thought of that, actually. (laughs) And then you embarrassed yourself. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I was like, you know what? This is embarrassing, but I'm getting a lot of hits on Facebook and Facebook likes that. So I'm going to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) work in the algorithm that's right did you hear that facebook might change its name well i i you know what i see those headlines and i'm like no i'm not even gonna look at them i don't want to know what's going yeah i kind of don't understand it myself a rebranding right yeah well it's rebranding you know it's a it seems awfully coincidental that they would be doing it at a time that they're kind of under fire for how they've how they're engaging with users and and how they hook you in and do you know they're not necessarily being responsible for for what happens after that but um i saw somebody made a joke the other day about that uh i think it was i want to say it was trevor noah from the daily show who said, you know, Facebook is is looking at a name change. I hear Philip Morris is available, which was, you know, a reference to Philip Morris after all the lawsuits about tobacco and, and, and addiction and, the, you know, change their name to what, like Altria or something like that. So, you know, but what Facebook, what Mark Zuckerberg is saying is that it's, he's not saying whether it has anything to do with that, but what he's saying is that it no longer encompasses the goal of the company because they're into Oculus, which is virtual reality. Um, he's saying they, they want to be more present in what they call the metaverse, which when I hear metaverse, I think of like the Spider-Man <laughs> into the, the Spider-Man movie, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> but I guess, you know, just plain old two-dimensional Facebook is is passe now and we're in virtual reality world. And so they want to change their name to kind of get future thinking on that. And I'm like, mm. all I can think of is, is this going to mess with everybody's business who's tied into Facebook? Like everybody who says, like everybody right. who has a business that is promoting or, or based with Facebook. Facebook has 6,000 business tools and all of them have the word Facebook in it. Exactly. Is this, is this going to mess everybody up? Probably so that we'll have to learn and figure it out. I mean, it drives me crazy. And this is killing me. I, I've had friends that say, oh, I'm addicted to Facebook. I can't even get on it because I can't stop. And I'm, it, that's never been an issue for me because I mostly use it for work. But the other day I found Reels. Ah, yeah, Reels is pretty funny. I can't stop. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to kill me. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're so funny. And how do they think of that? And oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, TikTok's been doing that for a couple of years now. But but because I, I there's something 
I don't, I can't figure out what it is. And it's probably because I haven't spent enough time on TikTok, but I feel like there's just a tremendous amount of stupidity on TikTok. There's a lot of creativity. There's a ton of creativity and there's a lot of people making a lot of money off of it. But these freaking challenges. Right. The challenges are just like unbelievable. They're just preying on the stupidity of, Mm -hmm. of kids. But reels, all the ones that I've seen are, they're just funny. (laughs) They're hilarious. I know. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I get up in the morning and I like to get my coffee and then I like to like read and meditate and take a few minutes to get ready for the day. And I happen to hit on reels and all of a sudden it's been 45 minutes and I'm like, what (laughs) happened here? Oh, right. Crazy. (laughs) And how many ads did you see while you were doing that? (laughs) Subliminal. (laughs) Right. Well, it's no quit. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I figure I'm just going to spend five minutes on Facebook catching up on what I call the news, which is like, you know, I I liken it to kind of like when my dad used to get the newspaper and the first thing he would do is open it to the obituary page. I feel like it's like what's going on in the community. That's what I do with Facebook. But I'm I'm the same way. You start they put reels right there in your right where your thumb is, right there in your vision where you can go, Oh, it's the cast of friends. I better click on that. Right. <laughs> it's like the grocery store. They put all the, you know, stuff right. that's gonna lure you right at the right when you're waiting and you're like, I gotta have that magazine and that and that, you know. Right, right, totally. Yeah. yeah so um, But I'll admit this morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend, I just need five minutes to whip through the first like, you know, 20 things on Facebook, just get the latest on what's going on with people I know. And um, lo and behold, there was a quiz about how well do you know the sound of music? And I had to take it. And I'm like, why, why am I doing this? This has nothing to do with anything in the whole world, except for me indulging in 10 minutes about how much I love the sound of music. And I'll have you know, I got 100% on the quiz. But that... (laughs) And I didn't buy anything along the way, but no, I know it. I know it. They know exactly what they're doing. And we know that we know that they're doing it and we still do it. Now, imagine being, you know, a 13 year old kid. I mean, you know, you'd get lost in there. Yep. I know. Are your littles into social media? They don't have phones yet. They have tablets and they can do messenger so they can message and message me. But their parents haven't given them phones and they don't have uh, uh, access to Facebook. Are they aware of it, though? Well, you know, they go to private school. I know that probably a lot of kids there do have phones because, you know, it's more wealthy families that go. They go because their dad teaches there. I'm sure they're aware of it. I've noticed that my son-in-law and my daughter are pretty strict with screen time. I know as a parent, I was doing it all. And, you know, with video games, I tried really hard to be on top of screen time, but I'm sure I let him play more than I should have. They're really strict on that and they grew up with it. So I think they have a better understanding of it. So, you know, I've been thinking about, I was thinking about my nephew the other day and he, I can remember when he was like two years old. He had this uh, this video game called Freddy the Fish, and it was like one of those learning games, right? I'm sure it was teaching them counting and colors and all that kind of stuff. And then he got really into video games, like super into, I can't even remember what the console was at, at that point in 19, you know, 95 or whatever. And I thought, you know, wow, he's going to grow up and be a game designer or, you know, be addicted or blah, 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 all this stuff. And he didn't. Like, he's an adult now. He's almost 30. And I know that he enjoys occasionally playing games, but he's not at all like nearly as obsessed with it as I thought he was going to be. And I can name so many other people that are. I wonder what it is about 
some people that just like get so far into this universe that they can't get out of it and other people who are like, yeah, you know, they can kind of take it or leave it. It it sounds like right now your littles can kind of take it or leave it, right? Like they enjoy it while they're doing it, but then they have other interests too outside of it. Plus they live on a farm, so they have things to do outside, you know, taking care of animals. You know, when my kids, my boys especially, they'd play video games and, you know, I'd, I'd walk in and I'd look at them and I'd say, does this make you want to really do this? Does this make you really want to go and shoot somebody? Or does this make you really want to go and drive a car fast into a building? I'm like, Mom, you know, (laughs) but that's what they said. You know, if they're doing it on screen, they're going to be doing it, you know. And I was always like, oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) Right. And they were like, Mom, come on. I wonder if it's like addiction, you know, like if you have that kind of addictive uh personality that maybe you'll get more hooked i don't know i don't i haven't seen any studies on that but maybe the same concept of why some people can have a couple beers and some people can't right exactly so but one thing i not to change the subject but i'm gonna okay you know i love that's what we do (laughs) i love to listen to podcasts so i love to listen to elizabeth smart you remember who she is oh Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So she has an organization now and she has a podcast called Smart Talks and she has people on. Some people tell their story of how they were either kidnapped or abused or trafficked. And so she had this foundation on called the Maloof. Does that sound familiar to you? The Maloof Foundation? Maloof, it does not sound familiar to me now. So apparently everyone in Utah knows that it's the mattress company. And so they have got on board helping shelters and um, women's housing that is helping women getting out of trafficking that's giving them a place. They started really getting involved in this. And so they have this thing called on-watch training. And it is an hour-long training on how we as people, for instance, you're driving, you get to a rest area. How do we recognize somebody who's being trafficked? And they have story after story of women that were trafficked. And because they're also usually drugged when they're trafficked, people at the hotel would be like, oh, they're so disgusting. You know, they never saw that that person was being controlled. And so mm-hmm. it's an amazing hour long training. I would recommend anybody to take. I just, I'd watch a video, I'd go do something, come back, watch a video. It went really fast. But it really, even as much as I'm involved in the homeless community, drugs and alcohol recovery, I learned a lot from it. And, you know, there's, there's kids who are being trafficked. And they're going home every night. They're either being trafficked by their family or somebody in their family, or they're being trafficked at school mm-hmm. and wow. then going home. Yes. And so it's like uh, this one girl, she goes, you know, uh, my teacher just thought I was a problem. She never realized something changed. All of a sudden I was withdrawn, you know, and so I think it's it's such a good training because I think the more aware we, we are and And one thing they said that really hit me is they said police would rather have you call 10 times and be wrong than one time not call and be right. Wow. Yeah. And she had I mean, her experience was was really I mean, this was several years ago, but she had been abducted from her home in Utah and uh, it took several, several months to locate her. And the 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 man and his wife who had uh, abducted her um 
they weren't even hiding. I mean, after a time, they were taking her out in public. They were they were kind of a they were like a really um, uh, a sect. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were kind of wearing clo- like a religious clothing that you might see and think, oh, well, that's, you know, whatever. But they had her out in plain sight, not terribly far from the town in which she was abducted. So she a thousand percent knows what this looks like from both sides. Right. And they had convinced her that her family didn't want her or that they would harm her family. So a couple times people did recognize her and she said, no, no. And even when the police finally got her in front mm-hmm. of them, she said, oh, no, no. But then they separated her. Right. And they, this is what they said to her. Your family misses you. They love you. They want you back. And that right. is what broke her because she thought they didn't want her. You know, and she says, I was naive. I was raised in a very religious home. So... She just believed what they said. But hearing those stories and realizing how prevalent it is, I feel it is at least my civic duty to be aware. It's all that see something, say something. What is her series called that we can get this training? Smart Talks. Smart Talks. It's a a podcast, Smart Talks. She tells her story. A lot of people tell their stories. And then she has amazing, wonderful foundations that are doing Really great work. And she, on her organization, one of the things is self-defense. They have a lot of self-defense training, which isn't necessarily karate. It's being aware of your surroundings and knowing that you can say no, that you can scream, you can make a fuss, you know. So that was my big thing this week. Did I hear Anna join us? Yes, I came in. I didn't want to interrupt. I'm so glad you're here. You guys are talking about human trafficking, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is um, I just took a trip. A lot of messaging of human trafficking in the airports. Basically, all the airports that we ended up going to, like in the bathroom stalls, and it's uh, great that you're even talking about this. You know it's bad when they have to put this kind of stuff all over the airports. And I would assume it's like on some of the other like transit systems. Um, I would hope Greyhound bus because you know a lot of a lot of folks might travel that way uh, that might be that might have been trafficked or in the process. I honestly don't know what to look for when it comes to human trafficking. When I first heard that it's a big problem, I was shocked. Well, I don't know if you heard this, but it's happening in our neighborhoods. Kids are are going to school every day and being trafficked at night. Kids are being trafficked at school and going home. And so this training, which is called On Watch, it helps us learn what to look for. And, you know, Anna, we always talk about see something, say something. It's like the police would rather have you call them 10 times and be wrong than not call one time and be right. What What are the signs? Like, do you know what? what to look for. Like I'm oblivious anyway to to a lot of things, but what would one see to suspect it? If you know a kid that comes over a lot and all of a sudden their behavior has changed, they're really withdrawn or, you know, look exhausted, tired, it doesn't hurt to ask questions. And like Claire and I were talking about Elizabeth Smart. She was so convinced that her parents didn't want her or that they would get hurt that she wouldn't say anything. So a lot of times they won't say anything. So We want to look for clues in case they can't, in case they're afraid. A lot of times it's when they withdraw or when they act different, when they don't participate. These people on this training, they tell their story and they talk about how people saw them 
People thought, just thought they were trouble. They thought they were dirty. They just didn't even know what they were seeing. And so by taking this training, it makes us a little more aware of what we're looking for because we don't assume it's in our neighborhood. We don't assume if we have a neighbor kid coming over tired, we're like, oh, you're not getting any sleep. It never occurs to us that the one girl, her dad was a fireman and her mom was a teacher. Interesting. So it it teaches you what to look for with a child that you might know or be acquainted with. But if you're on a long distance trip, like Anna was saying, in an airport or a bus station, or even if you're driving and you you come to a rest stop and you see, you know, you see hundreds and hundreds of people traveling with children, men and women alone and with others, right? I mean, how, you know, unless if I were in a restroom and a child came up to me or a young person and, and said, can you help me? I would help, right? But I wouldn't even begin to know what to look for just casually glancing at other people. So one of the things is your gut. There's something in your gut that makes you notice, right? Something's off. Most of the time we see something that's off and then we think, oh, we're overreacting. When you have that, I would say first take the training so that you see all of these scenarios. But then if something in your gut is saying that, number one, you want to not walk up to them or if they're with someone that you think might be their trafficker, because if you tip them off, that's going to make it worse. It's better to get security to just go and say, hey, look, I saw this. I have an uncomfortable feeling. Would you check it out? And and if you, like Lori, let's say you went to the airport and what would you imagine? Like, what could it look like? What Would it be like someone that's just, you know, just looks just unkempt or someone that just looks totally bummed out and won't ever talk? Or, or could it just be someone who looks happy? Well, often they're dressed inappropriately. If they're trafficking them, they may have them dressed inappropriate for their age. Um, if you see like a much older man with a younger and it doesn't feel like grandpa, it doesn't hurt to go and say something. We don't trust ourselves or our instinct and we don't want to believe these things happen, but they do. And they happen to children as well as adults. There's a woman on there who got divorced. She got away from her abusive husband. Well, this nice neighbor man came and started helping her. He was a truck driver. Well, guess what? He started taking her on trips and selling her along the way while her kids were home with her mom. And he said he would hurt the kids if she ever said anything. And it just so happened he wanted a loan for his truck. And he sent her, dressed very inappropriately, and the banker, he caught on. He caught on and he asked her and he got her help and got her out of there. That's incredible. A banker? A banker. She met with him to try and get him this loan. Good for him. He thought something's not right here. It's trusting our instinct. And there's this book I always talk about called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. And I read it. I don't talk about this often, but I, I had to escape an abusive relationship. And I read that book and it helped me to trust my instinct. And there were times I'd get out of work. Anna, you remember the Columbia Tower. It was really easy to walk around the corner down to the bus at night because you couldn't go through the building. There was occasion when everything in me said, go a different way, which was harder, longer, and maybe even scarier. And once I did that, did I avoid something? I don't know. But I had learned to trust my instinct. Right. There are trainings, there are things available to help us be more aware so that if we do have that feeling, at least we can trust it and do something. 
And Elizabeth Smart, I have not heard this podcast that you mentioned, but she's so good. I mean, she's a really good speaker and host. I mean, what happened to her aside from the shy little girl that she was, and given the fact that she had every right to become a private citizen and never speak to the public again, the fact that she has become so outspoken and confident, she's really, she's really somebody to just look up to. And willing to talk about really hard things. Yeah, so poised, just so so interesting a person. Yeah, I've learned a lot by listening. And um, so anyway, but that was my, besides, you know, the earthquake drill, Anna, that I, I didn't, I'm in media, I didn't know. I heard the sirens and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, you had sirens go off? Well, I live by the Navy base, so it was big sirens. Oh, and of course I ran God. outside and I won't go through the whole thing, but everyone that's media on my Facebook is almost like, uh, duh, Lori, where do you work? <laughs> <laughs> And are you are you guilty of not actually listening to the radio station that you're working for? <laughs> you know what? I did hear not the sirens, but the actual uh, alert. That was like about close to eleven o'clock, right? This morning, ten twenty one. Did it last till eleven? Gosh, I I heard some other station. <laughs> it might have been. So other stations might do it later. Yeah, and it oh, it prob- probably lasted less than a minute, but it felt like an eternity. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah. What is happening? (laughs) Because my son and I were like laughing and we're like, well, we can't participate unless you want me to, mom. (laughs) I'm like, well, you are in the car and get under the dash. (laughs) You know, it's good to take action. So can we talk about you showing your son your hometown? Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay. So... I was able to fly out. It wasn't for a happy reason. I had a very close family member pass away. Uh, Cousin, his family and my family followed each other to three states. So our childhood was basically spent together. His siblings, my other cousins were there. Uh, One of them from out of town that I hadn't seen for 20 years I think it's since my wedding. Cousins are like brothers and sisters, especially the ones you've grown up with. My aunt and uncle, their mom and dad, they're like basically a, a second mom and dad to me. Um, so this meant a, a, a lot to me. And I hope me being there helped them grieve and talk about Jamie and reminisce. And so the funeral was uh, sooner than we had thought. So when I found out, I immediately went and bought my plane ticket. And then my son said, you know, I would have gone. And he did. I went and got him a ticket too. And we flew out to St. Louis. And side note, for the longest time, I had been wanting to take my kids to everything that I love, like the Gateway Arch. But uh, the, the moment we landed, it was nighttime. And I'm like, let's just take an Uber over to Gateway Arch. <laughs> so we just took our luggage and went straight to the Gateway Arch. I don't know if that was safe, <laughs> but we, we Ubered. I thought, well, maybe the Uber can take us to the hotel that's the very closest to the Gateway Arch. And he did. It was nice. So we went there with our luggage and... The moment he saw it, he just thought it was so cool. It just melted my heart that he was right there looking at the arch. And I was like, can you go take pictures? I got to take pictures. Uh, <laughs> and we stayed there for a little while. And we even sat down on a bench just to just take it in. And he's like, mom, can't, can't we just go over there and just start looking at the Mississippi? I'm like, no, not with all this luggage. We, we can't go any further than this. We don't know who's... <laughs> 
over there. But, you know, I think it, I think he could feel how special it was for me that he was right there. And then uh, we Ubered to Chesterfield and went to my aunt and uncle's house and they fed us some Filipino food. And all week it was Filipino food. It was so good. And the funeral was really awesome. It was just so good to see my, my cousins and their friends, all of whom were also a part of our childhood. It just really felt like when we were kids almost, but different (laughs) because everyone's so grown up. (laughs) And seeing their parents who are older now and just a lot of familiar faces. At one point, I felt like my cousin was taking us uh, all over the place. One day I thought she shouldn't have to do that. She needs to probably be with her family. I'll take her kid and my kid and I'll just take us around. And so they let me drive their Mercedes (laughs) all all over town. And we tried. The times have changed. So if you wanted to go to the Gateway Arch and if you wanted to go to the Forest Park Zoo, uh, St. Louis Science Center, you have to go online and make reservations. Right. Which is so different from when I grew up, where you could just walk in, pay, and just get right in. So we went to a place called Union Station, which used to be a mall and hotel and a bunch of conference rooms. In fact, I had a debutante ball over there, I think. Mm-hmm. And we also had like radio station events, just all sorts of events. And they used to have this thing called the Fudgery, and it was, it was a, their signature place because they had like uh, these rappers that uh, would just sell fudge, rapping. <laughs> and it was so cool. <laughs> and they turned it into an aquarium. And it was a shock. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is crazy. But it was cool too because, you know, it was new for all of us. And, you know, I could see how much technology they used to, to create this, but kept the structure. It's a unique structure. So I loved it. Um, and uh, they have a new Ferris wheel there too. I don't know if it's really new. Maybe it was there when I was there, but I don't remember it. So my cousin's kid is like seven years old and she got to do a lot of like kids activities and stuff. She was just running all over the place. So I was wearing her out. And uh, and of course we went to White Castles, Emo's, I had to get toasted ravioli, gooey butter cake, all, all the St. Louis favorites. I had to introduce them to those. And uh, yeah, so it was it was nice. It was fun. It was it was sad and fun at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm. Anyway, questions? <laughs> no, it's just awesome. I lo- I love it. I love hearing this. I can remember the first time that I got to show Sharon, you know, some of my hometown. Yeah. And it's it's just it's it's a nice feeling to like share, you know, things that were special to you when you were a kid or, or a young person growing up and, and have them. You know, of course, Toledo doesn't have a St. Louis arch. There's nothing. There's <laughs> We have a really good museum, but we don't have anything <laughs> like the the arch, you know. Um, but but it's nice. Like, oh, here's my elementary school and here's where we got bagels and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. It's just, it, it it's nice. And also, I mean, obviously funerals are sad, but it 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 is a time when people get together and, and you know, you're somewhat fortunate that it was this year and not last year. And, and so you yes. were able to travel and go and be, be with the cousins. And I totally agree with mm-hmm. you about cousins being like siblings, you know. And uh, I'm just, I'm glad you got to go. And I'm glad, I'm sorry for the occasion, but I'm glad you got to go. And I'm glad that he got to experience that with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, sure was nice. Last time we saw Jamie, my cousin, before he had passed, was a few years ago when we went to Florida. They have a place out there. Jamie was just all about cooking for us, making sure we were happy in the moment. And that's who he is. That's how we all remember him. 
But as kids, all the crazy, funny, laugh till you cry moments with Jamie and his siblings are the biggest memories that are burned into our brains. And it was so cool to reminisce when we were all in St. Louis for his funeral. It was just amazing. It was just uh, an amazing thing. We, we just got to talk about like just old times, really, all of us. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really great. I, I really got homesick while I was there. It was, uh, I mean, lo- a longing to kind of return there just for a while. Like, I felt like the five days where there wasn't enough time. I was hoping to, to also visit some some friends' parents who are still there. But then I realized, you know, I really got to be there for my family. And it sure was cool being around the familiar and then the new stuff that 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 has been built driving around was amazing (laughs) and trey loves it did you find yourself like in those new developments getting kind of like disoriented like sometimes i go back to toledo and i'm like where am i (laughs) there didn't used to be houses here (laughs) you know yeah i actually expected myself to but somehow i felt like i felt like i still knew where i was yeah. Um, maybe a lot of the developments is just hidden. Like I felt like when I was driving to downtown and I swear I expected to be like so weirded out. There's a part of Highway 40. St. Louis is farty. <laughs> um, there's a part of Highway 40. If you're going heading eastbound towards downtown St. Louis, uh, you could see afar and you could see sort of the skyline I felt like it didn't change um, uh, looking far out of there. And I really thought I saw that, you know, more more buildings were built or whatever, just like here in Seattle. I just thought I saw people post pictures of the changes in St. Louis, but it didn't feel that different. Um, well, in Seattle, and, every time uh, you sneeze, a building goes up. Exactly. <laughs> right. I would suppose maybe, you know, if you think about it, St. Louis, I mean, they did lose a, a football team. and uh, but They didn't lose it. They gave it back to where it belonged. <laughs> oh, snap. Oh, I'm so angry at you right now. <laughs> that team was kidnapped and now it's home. <laughs> I was kidnapped. You've got a good baseball team. Just leave it at that. <laughs> Oh, and blues hockey too. All right, all right. And fall in St. Louis is amazing. Anyway, (laughs) I could go on and on. (laughs) No, I got to tell you, fall here in Salem, Oregon is really beautiful. It, It is more than I expected. I think, you know, there were always patches of Seattle and, and Tacoma that I was like, oh, look, a pretty tree. and it, But nothing like where we grew up, nothing like the Midwest, and certainly nothing like the Northeast, where I've, where I've never really spent that lot of time. But growing up in Ohio and Michigan, and, and like you're saying in, in, in the St. Louis area, p- it, people have no idea just how spectacular the trees are. And I have just been, mm-hmm. we had the most amazing dog walk last night. There's this one mm-hmm. street, like two streets behind us, where they, at the, which was ahead of the curve in those days, they actually undergrounded the utilities, so there's no overhead wires. And so all the, it's just this one regular residential street, just like the one I'm on. But this one just has these spectacular trees that have all like grown to the fruition that, that trees should go through. And they're, the colors are magnificent and the leaves are falling now. And so you've got like piles 
of leaves of millions of different colors and you're like walking the dogs and you're slashing through them. It, I know this feeling, Anna, you're talking about. It mm. was like being a kid <laughs> yesterday, that sound and that feeling of your shoes going through the crunchy leaves. And of course, Sharon, <laughs> my wife is an artist and she's obsessed with trees. And so she's like picking up leaves and, you know, collecting oh, them. And, nice. I mean, it was really, it was really nice. You know, it, it makes up oh. for all the rain. I know it's coming, but, um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's I do love that autumnal feeling and the smell and all that stuff. Experiencing fall in the Midwest, it is different than being here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, fall in the fall in the Pacific Northwest is awesome and gorgeous. The difference between the PNW and the Midwest, maybe it's just the leaves are giant, uh, the homes are big and apart from each other and adds to the charm. Living in St. Louis is not insanely expensive and you get more land for your buck and it (laughs) is like everything's just big over there. You know how Home Alone, just, you know, all the John Hughes houses are just beautiful and nice and awesome and, and, you know, (laughs) huge yards and all that space. Yeah. You know, and even the highways, I mean, I'm like, I told my kid, we should teach you on this, on this highway <laughs> to, because uh, it's to, only two lanes. <laughs> Just get all this room and you feel safer. And you know. I've always forget that. Like I do, mm-hmm. I do traffic mm-hmm. for Detroit right now. Yeah. And um, they'll, they'll be like an accident. And we're talking about I-75, the main road that goes from like Mich- Canada to Florida, right? And it's only two lanes. I'm like, what? Oh, what? You know, I always forget that because out here, you know, it's everything's like six, seven, eight lanes. Uh, sidewalks in St. Louis are sparkly. Like there's a, I, I swear they like crunch up diamonds and, and put it in the concrete. I don't see it anywhere in Seattle, not in the Seattle area at all. I've never seen a sparkle in on any of the sidewalks, but in St. Louis, that was the first thing Trey noticed and the first thing I remembered even growing up. And I'm like, what is that? What is that? Do, I mean, do you remember that? Was that something also in Savannah for you? Well, Savannah's all cobblestones and the side, oh, there aren't too many sidewalks and the ones that there oh, are okay. kind of are not like that. No, it's a different, okay. I think it just, it's whatever the materials are that are available. So there was obviously something, I don't know, it was mica or whatever, something sparkly in the, in the materials that they made the concrete with in, uh, in, in St. Louis. But that's interesting that you, that you see it that way. Uh, he yeah. only saw it at night. You know, he noticed it at night. I'm like, oh, wait till you see the daytime. It'll be like, if you've seen Wizard of Oz, the sparkly sparkle. Anyway. <laughs> nice. But you were saying, Lori. Oh, I hate to be a wet blanket. I know. I know. Thank you all for for your patience and uh, our infrequent episodes uh, (laughs) uh, that we we drop. (laughs) Well, life happens, right? (laughs) Well, you know, we're making up like last year. I mean, for a whole year, we were going like nonstop every week episodes Mm -hmm. because we were stuck at home. We didn't have anything better to do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And now it's like we can go back to doing stuff. And I think we're taking advantage of that, too. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, I missed you guys. I missed you. We missed you, too. But I enjoyed your your Facebook travels. I did. I was watching that. And I'm like, here's a sad time for her. And yet she's finding the humor with the McDonald's bubbles coming out of the Mm -hmm. fountain. And yeah. (laughs) Rest in peace, Jamie. Mm hmm. And hey, where can we find you guys on social media? Coach Laurie on Facebook, L-A-U-R-I-E. At Claire Beverly on Twitter. 
at I'm Anna D. Twitter. We also have a Facebook page. You can go listen and learn or not and find our latest episodes and anything funny that we see. The very second you're done listening to this, give us five stars and tell 10 people how much you enjoyed it. Please. Please and thank right you. Now, go. Go do it right now. Go. Go. Please. Go on. Hurry. Hurry. Why are you still here? <laughs> I'm timing you. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Woo woo. <laughs> this is Listen and Learn. Or not. 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 <laughs> Don't. All right. Love you, ladies. Love Bye. you, too. Bye. 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 Bye.